Last year, there was no uh, spring ball for the Wisconsin Badger football team. No, there was not. And I think it was because we all know there's this global pandemic, COVID-19. So that was out and about. And Badgers really couldn't do spring ball. And Fayon Hicks had a comment about it that I thought was very intriguing. And I wanted to get you guys' take on it. Now, obviously, last year, how many games did the Badgers play last year? Was it six? Seven. Seven is that they, including they the Mayo Bowl? Four and three with the Mayo Bowl, I believe. Okay, so without okay, so seven games. Obviously, there was uh, some a lot of players injured or out with COVID. Mertz, you know, um, didn't play all the games. He had the shoulder injury too. The Badgers, excuse me, Mertz mania was running wild at first, and then Michigan was hilarious beating on Harbaugh, and then it all kind of fell apart after that. Well, Fayon Hicks, with now you know them being healthy and getting spring ball, he had this to say about spring ball and how much it meant for the Wisconsin Badgers. Here you go. Listen up. The main thing is we get a spring ball. Last season, we didn't get a spring ball. And now that we're doing it now, I kind of realized, okay, that was a big impact because now we look you know, better than we did when we first stepped on the field for fall camp last season. So it's like now we have a spring ball in our belt. A lot of guys getting comfortable. Fall time come, we can just hit the ground running and pick up where we left off. So you know, 2021 is going to be a lot different. We're going to shock a lot of people. 2021 is going to be a lot different. We're going to shock a lot of people. Now, I have two comments about Fayon Hicks' comments. A, is it one? Is it dinner or lunch or dinner or supper for Fayon Hicks? So, A, it's (laughs) got to be, A, it's got to be, well, a lot of teams didn't have spring ball. So, a lot of teams were on the same level of preparedness and readiness, in my opinion, if you didn't have spring ball. But, B, there was a huge trend last year, especially early in the college football season of if teams did have a spring ball or an extended fall camp versus teams like the Badgers who didn't have a uh, spring ball and didn't have a, a extended fall camp. Those teams were covering and winning games at a much higher clip than teams that did not have. Spring so ball. the teams that had the spring ball in the Vegas size were covering the games, Rowdy, and or just winning games then. Yeah, covering and winning games at a higher clip than teams like the Badgers that didn't have spring ball, but the majority of teams didn't have spring ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's one more. I just want to play this again from uh, Fan Hicks and just the main thing is we get a spring ball. Last season we didn't get a spring ball, and now that we're doing it now, I kind of realized okay, now that was a big impact because now we look you know better than we did when we first stepped on the field for fall camp last season. So it's like now we have a spring ball in our belt. A lot of guys getting comfortable. Fall time come, we can just hit the ground running and pick up where we left off. So you know, twenty twenty one gonna be a lot different. We're gonna shock a lot of people. Now the players love. The regimen, the schedule, the routine, obviously getting more reps. And RJ, when your time there, there's 44 new players now uh, participating in spring ball. And the, you know, Graham Mertz is still there, and our sports director, Zach Halpern, said he's looking like the number one quarterback, looking great. And there's no doubt about that. You know, no longer that sh- shoulder injury. But with your time with Wisconsin football for what, five, five years? Yeah. How, how huge is this addition to spring ball? Um, like we were. Talking yesterday, spring ball and bowl practices, it's allowing guys to get reps. You show the coaches your worth during spring ball. Um, that way you're put on too deep or put on a list that they're like, this guy can be a contributor. Uh, let's see what he does in fall camp. Fall camp is where you earn your spot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, I agree with Fayon Hicks. I mean, 
spring ball is important. But well, it's all about I, getting comfortable with everyone, right? Right. Like gelling. But this is like, more so. Don't you think that a football team is very successful? Obviously, you have the players to do it. But when you all like each other in the locker room, oh, spring ball ain't gonna make you like. Well, each he, other. he says guys are getting comfortable with each other right. and whatnot. That's I. I'm because a locker room say, can implode and it can all yeah. go apart. Just look at the final year of Alex Hornibrook with the Wisconsin Badger wow. football team. That had nothing to do with spring ball. Well, but it's had to do with the locker room. Everyone being buddy buddies <laughs> and getting comfortable with each other. Yeah, that's or maybe more, a little more too a comfortable. Thing. Yeah, with some um, few trying to drift. And with Van Hicks' comments, I don't think he's talking about the defense. They only gave up seventeen and a half points per game, held uh, on average under a hundred yards rushing per game. You know, it, he's not talking about the defensive side of the ball here. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we are going to have some new faces on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, we but, are. I mean, offensively, I think you have more to gain from spring ball than the defensive side of things. Well, uh, I think there's nothing wrong with getting more practice and more reps and more, you know, oh, familiarity with everyone. Not, but, I mean, there's no downside to it, yeah. you know. And to Rowdy, I mean, to Rowdy's point, what did you say, Rowdy? All the teams that had the spring ball, which is few and far between, they're the ones actually winning and covering more games? Yeah, and that was, that was a trend that was early in the first half of the college football season. I don't know how that ended up finally stacking up, but I would imagine that the only part that really matters was the first half of the season because by the second half of the season, everyone is practicing. Everyone has played now a handful of games. Yep. So you're everyone's caught back up to speed. All those teams that had the speed ball or the extended fall had a little bit of that extra reps, the extra practices, the extra installs, the extra everything. Yeah. It's it's just and so it kind of makes sense on right. why that would happen. Yeah, it, it does make sense, but I mean, the chemistry side of things, a lot more of it comes on the offensive side of the ball, especially sure. when you're the defense. It, it gets a little old on the defensive side of the ball because you're not going up against something different. Uh, you know, uh, come season, week in, week out, you're game plan changes and things like that during spring ball it's spring ball and fall camp are where you start seeing fights in fighting happen yeah because i'm tired of seeing so-and-so across from me every game or every day i'm tired of covering you you know (laughs) it's like i'm sick of your face right and uh uh so once and you forgot deodorant today yeah once (laughs) fall camp breaks into game prep during, you know, the two the final two weeks of fall camp. Yeah. Like tensions ease, guys start giving getting jovial with each other again because, hey, guess what? I don't have to hit you today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have more comments coming up from uh, Fan Hicks. Also the uh uh Hank uh, I always butcher Potit. Did I say that right? Yep. Hank Potit is coming up to talk as well. Uh he's with the cornerbacks. But here, real quick, boys. All right, sorry, guy. J.A. Krebs on the Badgers says, Last year it looked like the Badgers were running a middle school offense. It was either run or short pass. So, yes, I think they didn't open up the playbook up to the offense. Maybe because of no spring or they were worried about Mertz's progression. Well, I mean, the first game against Illinois, that was wide open. I mean, Mertz went, what, was it 21 to 22? He was almost perfect in passing, and I remember him bombing it down the field. And what was it? Who was it, Rowdy? Was it Groshek that dro- dropped a pass yeah, and it could have been perfect? was the one that, that dropped his only incompletion. And then was it in Michigan when they started to run the ball more? Because Mertz Mania was wild. 
against Illinois. Yeah. And then what, Michigan, did they, were they running the ball more? We were at Monk, so I'm trying to remember being in between <laughs> the wings and the and the the beer. I think they ran the ball a little bit more, but I think the biggest thing about that Michigan game was the fact that it got out of hand so quickly. You yeah. didn't need to throw the ball downfield. Because if you remember correctly, Wisconsin was turning over Michigan quite a bit in that first half, where Michigan's offense really wasn't doing anything. Given the Badgers' offense short fields, Wisconsin was not necessarily throwing it deep because they didn't have to. And yeah. then it, and then it came out, What that's when Mertz got hurt, I guess, is when the timeline happens. We found out a couple of weeks ago. Mertz got hurt in that Michigan game, the shoulder injury, and then the COVID came, right? So then there was uh, – then they had to start handing the ball off more. And that's when we started bitching about the offense because it looked so inept, and that's why now Paul Chris has retaken the reins, right? Yeah. So but there you go. And to your point, I believe they, they were over 300 yards rushing that game so they didn't have to throw the ball yeah but um yeah it was it was a game they didn't need to pass that's how bad michigan's defense was covering the run so here's uh, what fan hicks had to say about the badgers and now that they have spring ball which they're over halfway through i think there's only like four three or four practices left before they go dark again. But here's Fayon Hicks. The main thing is we get a spring ball. Last season, we didn't get a spring ball. And now that we're doing it now, I kind of realized, okay, that was a big impact because now we look you know, better than we did when we first stepped on the field for fall camp last season. So it's like now we have a spring ball in our belt. A lot of guys getting comfortable. Fall time coming, we can just hit the ground running and pick up where we left off. So you know, 2021 is going to be a lot different. We're going to shock a lot of people. 2021 is going to be a lot different, and we're going to shock a lot of people. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So the people or the teams last year, Rowdy, obviously Wisconsin didn't have spring ball because of everything being shut down because of the Rona. But some teams did have spring ball. And you brought up the factoid about said teams that had spring ball, which is few and far between. But what did those teams do that had yeah, spring so ball? Yeah, so a lot of those teams that had either spring ball or it was like an extended fall mm-hmm. where they had where they had more fall practices than the uh, normal team which Wisconsin was not either of those two. They did not fall into either of those categories. Those teams came out, especially in the first half of the season, and not only covered at a higher rate, but also were winning games at a higher rate, which would make sense if you have more practices, more reps, and more opportunities to install offense and defense, go over uh, different potential uh, upcoming opponents' tapes, in the future, yeah. just just basically more time in practice than another team, it's going to be beneficial for you. And it was no doubt. spelled out that way on the field and on the gambling line. Yeah, so if you have spring ball, if you go back to last year, those teams had a lot of success in the shortened now, college football Now, season. granted, I know there were a lot of teams in the Big Ten that didn't have any type of spring ball or extended fall practice. So therefore the Badgers should have been on <laughs> the same level as the majority of their opponents. So it is, a, it is an excuse to a degree, but it's not to another degree. Yeah. It's just, you know, obviously the more opportunities, which you appreciate to get, uh, is going to help your team gel and your team, you know, be more comfortable with each other and, you know, then win football games. So what Fan Hicks is saying, I love it, man. And when you when he says we're gonna, you know, twenty twenty one is gonna be different, we're gonna shock a lot of people. What does that mean to you? Is that gonna be like, hey, we're gonna do better than we did last year, obviously, of not even getting to the title game? Or is it 
like, hey, we expect to be in the title game, and then we're going to beat, I would assume, Ohio State in advance of that. What do you what do you take away from him saying we're going to shock? I think there's a lot two two different things. One, not that they're going to be in a national championship game or a you know a quote unquote college football playoff final four. Mm-hmm. I think it means we're going to be a lot better than what we looked at looked like last year. Because if you remember, they were like a 500 team last year. Yeah, it started it out so hot. pretty and underwhelming. Hey, we had the mayo bowl at the end, though. I will always have that mayo bowl. But, Duke's, uh, Duke's mayo. But the other thing here. I think he says when he makes those comments is the fact that this offense is going to have to look a lot better and a lot different. Because you are bringing back Danny Davis, you are bringing back Kendrick Pryor, you are bringing back Chimray DK, who gets a full spring, uh, belt, spring yeah. camp. The young Chimray DK. You're bringing back Jake Ferguson, who is the leader and the the longtime uh, tight end. Also, the grandson of, believe it or not, of Barry Alvarez. You're bringing back Jalen Berger, who hopefully won't be on a snap count this this year. More than 15 carries, please. And obviously you're bringing back Graham Mertz, who did look really good against Illinois, looked pretty good against Michigan, but then and then the wheels hurt. fall off, which, yes. Said he got hurt against Had Michigan. Had a shoulder injury, lost his top two receivers. And it's just a year that was in flux, right? I mean, couldn't play games, had the Rona the as running, well. The running back situation wasn't ideal last year, so not a ton of things going right for that Wisconsin offense. It's kind of like the Brewers with the bats last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. That they only have one way to go for the most part. They can't look a whole lot worse. That running back room doesn't get a whole lot worse than what it looked like last year. Mm-hmm. The wide receivers, you're probably not going to be down your top two wide receivers for at least half the season. And oh, by the way, your third wide receiver was a true freshman that didn't even have any spring ball or an extended fall. Yes. Correct. A lot of inexperience there, and then same thing with the offensive line. You didn't have a lot of uh, you didn't have a lot of guys that have been like the three or four year starters. It was a lot of guys that had experience with starting, but not a lot of long term starts. Which there's a lot of stars when you look at recruiting stars on that offensive line. Well, now. big time, yeah. I mean, they're supposed to be like you'd, you'd imagine that they never even would touch the quarterback, the opposing team. But yeah, there was a lot of. That Wisconsin Badgers offensive line is now filled with a lot of four and five star offensive linemen that that were not only coveted by Wisconsin but coveted by a lot of the top teams in the country. So when when Faye and Hicks say they're going to shock the world, I'm like, okay, what do you mean by shock the world? Like, because last year, to what you just said, there's only really a way you can go is up because we're not used to them not even being, you know winning the West and into the title game. So let's let's I yeah, I take it as them shock being a the lot world better. What does that mean? I take it as them being a lot better and the offense looking a lot better and a lot different. But if I was in what I think shocking the world would be, which is obviously probably different than what Fayon Hicks is or what someone is sitting in their car right now listening to this is we might be in the same wavelength of what shocked the team shocked the world. But shocked the world is you need to beat Ohio State and win the big ten. Correct. That's exactly what I think. When I when I hear Fayon Hicks say we're going to shock the world in twenty twenty one, I think to myself, you're gonna get over the hump that is the Ohio State Buckeyes then and maybe, you know, punch your ticket into a college football playoff. Because obviously last year was pretty underwhelming and a disappointment, but I think old hat being a Badger fan in the last decade watching the Wisconsin Badger football team is well win the uh, what win the Big 10 West and then uh, go get beat by Ohio State. Yeah. So let's shock or, the world and beat if, Ohio State. Or if it's that one off year where 
you uh, Penn let State Penn State come back yeah. and beat you. So how, yeah, the, the, that's that's the norm as a Badger fan. Like you have such a success in the regular season, you get to the Big Ten title game just to get stomped, and most likely by Ohio, by Ohio State. State. <laughs> uh, and we had baby play, steps. Then they'll go play in the college football playoffs. Yeah, we had baby steps though uh, two years ago, Rowdy. Remember, Wisconsin was dominating Ohio State at halftime. You remember that game? They were they were they were halfway to shocking the world. And then reality set in. We're like, oh yeah, Ohio State is good. Wisconsin yeah, just not in the same stratosphere. That was more that so baby steps. Baby that steps was, was a half. That baby was more steps. like baby diapers. And the and the our old friend the punter needed to check his. Maybe that was <laughs> your buddy Lottie. Maybe that was. Uh, um, t- is it tummy time? Is that when the baby finally rolls over on their stomach and uh, all of a sudden you're like, okay, we're making progress here for them to start crawling. I am the wrong guy to ask for that. I don't have any kids either. I'm just I think I think maybe Wisconsin I mean they did roll over in the second half against Ohio State in that Big Ten title game. So it was they rolled over, but it was a good and a bad sense. Because then they rolled over and got their asses handed to them. Baby steps now, you gotta crawl before you ball. Maybe they crawl now and then they get to the Big Ten title game. They're crawling in the first half against Ohio State, and then the second half they stand up and walk their way to a college football playoff. Or a well, win I mean, over Ohio we've, State. We've that seen, shocked the world to me. We've seen so many times where the Wisconsin team looks where you're just absolutely hyped, right, going into that game, and Wisconsin comes out and plays well and then finds a way to lose it at the end. Do you remember half, the, Do you remember the first half of that game, Rowdy? Do you that remember, game. Do you remember how much we were partying our asses off the first half? Like, yeah. oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. We were at Tailgaters in Stoughton. We were having a great time. And we were everyone was out. just vibing. And then all of a sudden. Reality hit. That second half started. And then and Wisconsin played not to lose. They played not to lose. They didn't play to win. They played the, not yeah, to and lose. And all of a sudden, your punter couldn't. Not that he couldn't punt the ball, but he couldn't catch the snap. <laughs> That was that play. That, that, that play that, and that, that, those two mm. plays with the punter in my mind were the the biggest momentum shifts of that game. The punter, your buddy Anthony Lottie, that's your guy. I'm being sarcastic. We were having so much fun. Well, but this you, is like every Big Ten title game. We have so much fun in the first half. Well, some of them, and then just to lose, like the Penn State one, the one two years ago. And you ago. were excited about that game, and you already watched in October a complete drubbing of Wisconsin by that same exact Ohio State team. Yeah, they got throttled. Where, if you remember correctly, that was when Chase Young, who's now on the Washington football team, was absolutely killing the Wisconsin Badgers, (laughs) and yet they continued to not chip him or not double him, but they allowed him to run free and basically killed Jack Cohn. Yes. You're like, well, in hindsight, we probably should have, you know, Put a, I know he's like a man's man, but, you but we probably should have body on him. You were still excited for that Big Ten championship game, even after seeing that drubbing yeah. you know, two months earlier. As KG said, anything is possible. But how about even run it back further than that in 2017 when the Badgers were 12-0 and and basically had Ohio State to the brink. And 38 yards. It was, yeah, a last-second drive by Alex Hornibrook was the difference. And then an interception. Couldn't get it done. I think it was like 38 yards is all they needed, somewhere around there. But that that game, you were hyped. Being 12-0, and 0, hadn't lost yet, team had so much talent, and then you run into an Ohio State team, and you just felt like this was the year. This was the year. Yep, so when Fayon Hicks says we're going to shock the world in 2021, I think we're both on the same wavelength, and I feel like Fayon Hicks would be too is you get over the hump that is Ohio State. Well, I mean, or Penn State sometimes, but mostly Ohio State. If Fayon Hicks said we're about to shock the world, 
and then it was just get to the Big Ten title game. I, I, I yawn. I've been there, done that. I'd kind of consider why he's on the team with that type of attitude. <laughs> well, it's got to be. He never said that. It has to be. It's got to be win the Big Ten. Championship. It has to be. That's the only. When you say shock the world, it's not. Oh, I know he didn't make the Big Ten title game last year or win the West. So we're going to do that. No, 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 no. That's 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 like a PJ Fleck mentality. That's a Minnesota Golden Gophers mentality. Well, we're going to make rings. You know, we're going to shock the world and get rings made up of a cold Big Ten champions. I don't recall you being in the title game, to be honest with you, PJ Fleck, you loser. But, Rowdy, shock the world. I think Fan Hicks would agree with us. I know he's listening right now because everyone does. That would be you get to the Big Ten title game and you shock the world by beating whoever the hell is there. If you beat Ohio State in a Big Ten championship game, you're probably going to have an inside track to not only a nice bowl game, but you'd have to figure a college football playoff spot. Yes, I mean, yeah, yes, totally. Um, September 4th, I know it sounds like it's a ways away, but here's the thing. It's coming up quick. Five, well, four months and change? It'll be September 4th before you know it, and that's when Penn State opens up not only, well, it's the season. How are you liking that Big Ten season starting right away, first opponent? Penn State comes to the camp, take on the Badgers. Can't wait to see what happens. It'll be a nice man. test, right? It'll be a nice litmus test to see where this Badger yeah, team is stacking up here because obviously Penn State down quite a bit last year from where they were in 2019, but you'd have to imagine with how they recruit and how, how Franklin uh, coaches and, yeah, like I said, recruits, that they'll probably be back towards the top of the Big Ten again this yeah, year. Yeah, and if you're going to shock the world, I mean – you got to start winning your games, and he's saying they're shocking the world already in spring ball, so let's get a big season coming up here. But yeah, Rowdy, looking at the Brewers' bullpen, we came into the season like, this is the biggest strength of the Brewers, the bullpen. We're not sure how the sticks will do after the quiet 60-game season, and we're not sure how these starting pitchers will fare outside of you know, Brandon Woodruff, and we'll see if Corbin Burns can you know keep doing what he did in that 60-game season. Well, the Brewers' starting pitching rotation has been absolutely dynamite. The sticks are better than they were last year, and the bullpen is kind of an e-yikes kind of thing. Because what is it, Rowdy? You have, who's the one constant? Josh Hader? Devin Williams has looked better as of late. Uh, Fire Eisen has looked good, right? The one constant that you can 100% rely on in that Milwaukee Brewers bullpen, I think it starts and stops with Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's, that's it. Devin Williams, it was going to be a monumental task for him to be as good as he was in that shortened 60-game season or even be close to that, especially numbers-wise. Yeah. And granted, he has had shoulder tightness, some shoulder soreness, and he hasn't been able to log the type of innings or get the type of work that the Milwaukee Brewers and their front office would like from him. But at the same time, that's all fine and dandy, but it's not helping win on the field right now. Like you can, <laughs> like I understand why you have to bring them back slowly, bring them back and, and gain strength. But at the same time, that's not helping the Milwaukee Brewers win right now. So you got to find other relievers to step up. And it's a marathon. You don't have to win it's a right fericon. now. We're just trying to get to the playoffs. Don't have to win to do that. Was that Craig Council? Did you just pull a Craig Council? Those are pretty much his exact words. We don't have to win right now to make the playoffs. Those are spot on, yes. But guess what? To make the playoffs, you have to win. When are you going to get these Last time I checked, they don't just... It's not like last year where we're going to expand the playoffs and you guys just participate you can go win. But like we have talked about before, they have started out really hot and then just lost every game down the But do you really really feel like the Brewers are starting out hot right now? No. 
I don't think they're cold either, though. I think no. Yeah. Yeah. No. They they have they're their like, nine and seven. Right. I think the Brewers are. You know when you start your like car the Dodgers up are and hot. You're doing it with a couple of guys doing yeah. your starters. Like the Dodgers. Yeah. To Roddy's point, the Dodgers are hot. The yeah. Dodgers have won 13 out of 17 games. Well, it's like the Cubs <laughs> last year who limped into the playoffs because they started out like only losing three okay, games out of their first this. 20. The Mets are seven and three in their last 10. Would you consider that to be hot? I would consider that hot right now. Seven yeah, the well, last 10. and also the Mets haven't played a ton of games because they yeah, had a lot of cancellations yeah, and COVID. True. And the, the Dodgers, the Dodgers are eight and two in their last ten. They're thirteen and four. They're hot. The Giants are seven and three. Their last ten. They're ten and six. You know, there's there's some teams that are hot, and there's other teams that are like, what are the Brewers? We're there, Luke. We're playing. They're 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 more than lukewarm. We're not we're not losing. I mean, yeah, they're winning series. Yeah, unless it's against the Pirates or the Twins. Other than that, yeah, you're winning. Series. The Brewers are nine and seven, I mean, hey, second in the NL go, Central, go, half game behind the Reds. If your goal is to go two and three every three games or two and one every three games, you're doing well. Okay, the Jimbo says Brewers are playing average ball. Yeah, I think they're they're playing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's they're not looking like we're slightly and, above average right yeah. now. And the uh, the King, who's on Twitch, finally says, and he linked us to a tweet yesterday. He said Brewers are top five in the Major League Baseball power ranking. So, yes, they are hot. Well, I mean, when you look at the Dodgers, <laughs> the, the Dodgers' win total was 100, 103 and a half. That's... That, by any stretch of, of the imagination, getting to 104 wins is a hell of a season. Yeah. Herculean. Even if, you, even if they didn't eclipse that, that win total but got to 100 wins, that's a really good season. Really, really good. Really, really good. With what pace the the Dodgers are currently playing at, they're on pace to win 124 games. Yeah, the Dodgers are hot. Not even they will most likely keep up that pace to win 124 games. Yeah, yeah, That's just insane. But uh, who was it? Jimmy? Oh, Jimbo. Jimbo Bond. Yeah. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah, Jimbo Bond saying that the <laughs> Brewers are playing average baseball. I think you would have to I I would have to probably agree with them. Oh, yeah, you're seeing I mean, you're seeing games above. where the uh the pitchers are are have been phenomenal, especially the starting pitchers. The bullpen hasn't been so much and the hitters have been hot and cold. <clears throat> yes, they, the Brewers have yet to put it all together as a team so far this season, and yet they are nine and seven. They are in second place. It's a good and sign. They're they're trending upwards in Major League Baseball. Totally. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you got to think that like that someone's gonna like get hot here at the sticks, and you don't even have Low Kane, Christian Yelich, or Colton Wong. They're in the IL, so I mean, they'll come back and it'll be better. And Kesson here has got to warm up eventually. I, I would say like, that you can't send him anywhere right now. For me to say that the Brewers were playing. Ex- playing well and were hot to start the season. I feel like if they could have found two more of those games where you would say the bullpen might have thrown it away and all of a sudden instead of 9 and 7 you're 11 and 5. Like, like, just, just the Pirates. Like, you know, a couple extra inning losses that were thrown on there. Like, yeah, you could go to that 10th inning loss of the Pirates on Sunday. Yeah. Games like that if they would have found ways to win them and all of a sudden you're looking at an 11 and 5 record, it just an 11 and 5 Feels so much different than a nine and seven when it's only a two game difference. Hot. All right, we'll go to the phone six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. But before that, I'm looking at uh, we love our predictions and five thirty eight's not always right about a lot of things, but they do you know crunch a lot of numbers, do their predictions. Right now, they have the Dodgers sitting at when it's all concluded regular season a hundred and seven wins, fifty five losses. The Brewers they have at eighty six and seventy six, and that's good for. First place in the NL Central. Yeah. The Cardinals at 82. The Cubs at 78. 
Uh, the Reds at 84 and the Pirates, who cares? <laughs> at 66. Not they the worst. The they, have the or- they have the Rockies as the worst as 83. What do they have for the Pirates, though? 66 and 96. All right, here, our guy J.A. Krebs on the Brewers says, if we get good, uh, if we get a good Yelly and Keston learns how to hit again, the Brewers will win 90 games. It's up to those two. Is it just up to those two, though? I mean, yes, a lot falls on the uh, – the shoulders of Christian Yelich, hopefully not too loud so his lower back doesn't stiffen up again. But, I mean, you were watching Ke- uh, more than I was last night, Rowdy, because, you know, I fell asleep. Keston Hira, how was he looking? I know he got a hit, but he had two Ks, two strikeouts. How was Keston Hira looking last night? Well, I mean, Keston Hira, the last few games where he's come up with some hits, he, start- he doesn't look like the hot Keston Hira, right? But Ooh. he's starting to hit the ball a little bit more solid. He hasn't looked he's, like the hot Keston here in about a year and a half. He hasn't swung at as many pitches out of the zone and chased bad pitches. It's not what you want to see from Keston Hira, but it's definitely progress from what it was just a week ago. Yeah, okay, you got to take into account, right, of him learning a new position in first base, but now he's throwing well, back I'm over second. I'm kind of getting sick and, and tired of hearing people talk about, well, why don't they send him down? The There's that nowhere say, to send him down to. If you hear someone say that Keston Hira should be sent down, ask them where. Well, well the alternate site in Appleton. The right. alternate site is literally a bunch of grown men doing infield, outfield, and batting practice every single day waiting for a call well, saying someone's about, injured, someone's got COVID, or basically well, waiting on a call. Well, I thought they were playing minor league baseball down there, Nelson. Why aren't they doing that? Minor league baseball season officially doesn't start until May. I believe it's May fourth. That's two more full weeks where you don't. You really you send him down <laughs> to that alternate site. He's getting absolutely nothing out of it, like he is against uh, major league pitching. Here's what Kesson here will be doing at the alternate site. He will be taking essentially batting practice against a pitching machine, and then going to sweep up peanuts in the stands left over from 2019. Everything that he can do at the alternate site is stuff that he can do at the big league level right now. It It's basically going and hitting in the cage. It's going on the field and getting swings on the field. Okay, would that would that be would that be bad though for Keston here if they do send him to the alternate site? Our guy J. A. Krebs hits me back on Twitter. He says, He looks terrible. He struck out on a curveball that was a foot off the plate last night. But the thing is, how is he going to how is he going to get any better? By doing the same old batting practice that he's been doing every single day when he's with the Brewers right now. The only difference is he wouldn't be seeing live pitching, and I'd rather have him work through it, work through it, and try and figure it out against major league pitching because we've absolutely seen him crush. We have crush rookie ball pitching. He absolutely crushed low A ball pitching. He absolutely crushed high A ball pitching and double A and triple A and even major league pitching for when he first came up about half of his extremely short career. Yeah. And Keston Hira, I still it's it's honestly just bad timing that he's going through this type of a slump right now when there are no ma- minor leagues available. Yeah, because, it's tough. Because if he if they were available what are you do with them? after the first few weeks, you're like, okay, well, he just needs to get some confidence and have some good at bats. He's going to go see some lesser pitching, you know, just kind of get the confidence oh. up, let him take a breath. Hey, J- I got to clear some air here. JA Krebs, I got to clear the air, brother. He he messaged me back. He says, why would you send him down? He goes, we need him. I would just be giving Vogie, Dan the man, the Danimal, Vogel back more at bats until Keston here doesn't suck anymore. No, Krebs, I wasn't saying you wanted to send him down. 
when you hear other people say to send Kesson Hira down, you never said that. I wasn't meaning you, brother. I'm just saying when you hear other people say send Kesson Hira down, to where? To do what? Not you, Krebs. No, no. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Mitch and Madison. What's up, big homie? You could do a you could do a whole segment um, on your voice of uh, the guy who wants to send Keston Hira down versus the <laughs> analytics guy. Those two voices. Well, they could have a they could have forth. a debate. Hey, pretty good. Mitch, just one second. I just got to throw this person on hold. You on hold? Back to Mitch. Yeah, hello, Mitch. I'm pushing the numbers, and Keston Hira should be sent down. <laughs> but to where, Poindexter? Right, right. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, you guys are talking about all these, like, unsung heroes and all these kind of guys that have come out of nowhere. But as a small market team, you love to see it. you got to pick – I mean, Tampa Bay's been doing it for years. It's like these young guys that, you know, they might not have the name recognition. They might not have the quote-unquote skill. But guess what? They're professionals, and they want that big contract. So they're going to play their butts off. Their booties uh, off. Yeah, and I, I love to see that. Um, you know, it's harder to hit on guys like that. But, um, but no, I, there is something to be said again for uh, if Yelich and Hira can kind of get back to where they're at and these other guys stay with where they're at and with the pitching, um, I mean, we're going to – in San Diego, I, I, I ended up staying up and watching that game because my kid wouldn't go to sleep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, but, you and Ellie were up till what, about 12.15, 12.30? Yeah, I saw the whole thing from start to finish. But that's a good team. And and we're going to be able. The Brewers are going to be able to hang with teams like that if they continue to pitch like that all season. So you know you don't even necessarily have to have everybody uh, firing on all cylinders with their bats if your pitching can go out there and do that every game. Uh, This is interesting. You know, it's power rankings, and you know it's some fodder to talk about once in a while, right? Especially in uh, you know April. In April, where there's not really much going on, you know, it's just baseball kind of going at it. By the way, Wisconsin Volleyball punched their ticket to the Final Four, taking on the Longhorns, Texas, Thursday in Omaha. Um, our girl Bonnie's going out there, who uh, is the, the PA for Wisconsin Volleyball. We'll have to get a live look uh, once she gets to uh, Omaha in Nebraska there. But, Rowdy, the power rankings. So, on one hand, is from our listener, The King, he sent us one from MLB. It was the official MLB account on Twitter. It says, another week down, how'd we do? Here's the full rankings. And uh, in the picture, the graphic they give, it's just the first five. And on it, there is, look at that, right front center, eh, front lower left center, is Corbin Burns pitching the ball for your Milwaukee Brewers. They give the power rankings as of yesterday. By the way, happy 420 today, April 20th. Someone told me today's a special day. I'm not, I can't really... <coughs> Wrap my brain around it, excuse me. Power rankings, though. Dodgers, number one. Padres, who the Brewers just beat last night, number two. The Red Sox, number three. The Cincinnati Reds, number four. And your Milwaukee Brewers, number five, on the Major League Baseball power rankings. Rowdy, number five? Where, where's, like, the Mets on here? Where's the Where's the more bigger major markets Obviously, have the Dodgers and then you know the Red Sox at three. Padres are a bigger market, obviously, but then Cincinnati, then Milwaukee. I can't believe that the uh, the big Jays, the national media, isn't <clears throat> off the major markets like I don't know, like the Mets or something. The Brewers number five in the power rankings. Agree or disagree? I mean, I'll take it. But this is right after they lost the series to the Pirates, that so they were ranked fifth in the friggin' MLB power rankings. 
Yeah, and that's what I tweeted at King last night. I go, I, I can't believe that some of these journalists don't have more love for the East Coast like they normally do, right? Yeah. I mean, the Mets are seven and well, at the time of the tweet were seven and three, and you had the Phillies at the time of the tweet that were eight and seven. That was both better and the same as the Brewers at eight and seven, seven. going yeah. into yesterday. So yeah, I was honestly a little surprised, especially with all the hype that the Mets had behind them. Cause a lot of the publications and a lot of the uh, books had New York Mets winning the East. And that was after, you know, obviously trading for Francisco Lindor, you know, signing Marcus Stroman, they added pieces to that rotation. They added some big time players Yeah, and they were spending a bunch of money. Oh, and they love teams just because they're from New York. And yeah, I mean, it's a major market. Yeah, the, the Phillies are also a big team. They were extremely good about a decade ago. You know, they they, and they got some big names on their Bryce team. Bryce Harper a while ago. They've had ex MVP on their team in Andrew McCutcheon. McCutcheon. So they have some bigger connections too, and especially with being the same record as the Milwaukee Brewers, I figured it would only make sense that a lot of the media would put those two same. teams. Ahead of them. I'm like honestly shocked. The Brewers fifth in Major League Baseball, the official Major League Baseball accounts power rankings. And that's without Christian Yelich, Low Kane, Colton Wong all in the IL, and them falling in a series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Crazy. Oh, we have a question on Twitch. Where's the Reds? The Reds are fourth on this power rankings. Reds number one, obviously, in the NL Central at nine and six. See, I would love to see an extended power rankings because obviously that tweet just had top five. Yeah, well, I can click the link and give you the extended. I would love to see where they have the Yankees after their five and ten start. Uh, Well, let me scroll down a little bit here. Let's see. The Yankees are 11th on their power rankings. Previously, they had them at third. And And if you look at the Yankees in the major league standings, Five and ten is good enough for second to last in the entire major leagues. Oof, the only team worse than them is currently the Colorado Rockies at four and twelve, a team that was supposed to be the second worst team in baseball, uh, if, according to win totals. The only team that the Rockies were supposed to be better than are the seven and nine Pittsburgh Pirates. Ooh, the stinky Pirates. All right, well then I'll go to CBSSports.com and I'll see these power rankings right here. Number one, the Dodgers. Number two, the Padres. I mean, Dodgers are the hottest team in baseball. Number two is the Padres, who the Brewers just beat last night. Number three, the New York Mets. Number four, the Red Sox. Number five, you have the uh, Angels of Anaheim. Six, you have the Athletics. Seven, the Reds. And then coming in at number eight, your Milwaukee Brewers, followed by the White Sox at nine and the Indians at ten. And they say about the Brewers, who have moved up four spots they really had things rolling in the important games, taking series from the Cubs, Cardinals, and then the Cubs. <laughs> Fly the L. I added that. They didn't have that. Fly the L, Cubs fans. Uh, before dropping 2-3 or three at home to the Pirates. Baseball is funny. Also, they are banged up offensively. All right, Rowdy. So the Brewers, there is no doubt about it. They are banged up offensively. Christian Yelich, Colton Wong, Lorenzo Cain, all on the 10-day I.L., uh, apparently Colton Wong was like full go in practice yesterday, taking some live ammo and BP and looking good. So there's that with Wong coming back. Christian Yelich has got that back stiffness, so you know be careful with him. And what was Low Kane on for? I forget what Low Kane's injury was. Was it quad? Oh yes, yeah, quad. That's what it was. So I mean, you got to be careful with the old man. We'll get that. we'll get him back though in the 10 day IL. But Rowdy, they are without a lot of offensive firepower. But the thing is. 
How about the unsung heroes of the Milwaukee Brewers? Something you wanted to talk about yesterday. Uh, we pushed it back to today, and thank God we did. Because one of the guys you wanted to talk about specifically had a dinger last night. Well, I think all three of them could be quote-unquote unsung heroes. All three guys that hit home runs last night. Dude, yeah. So the one you brought up yesterday was McKinney. McKinney had a dinger last night. Luis Urias, after they traded away Orlando Arcia for him to be the full-time you know, third baseman, or sorry, not third baseman, Urias uh, shortstop, he has been flourishing. And then you had... Um, who else at the other dinner last Tyrone night? Taylor. Yeah, Tyrone. I keep forgetting about Tyrone. My my apologies, Mr. Taylor. <clears throat> Rowdy, you want to talk about McKinney yesterday? McKinney was obviously listening because he hit a 377-foot bomb. Talk about McKinney and what he's well, been I doing. Mean, he, a pinch hit situation, too. McKinney and Derek Fisher were two guys that uh, David Stearns has acquired within the last year and change that were two bigger prospects when they were with their former teams and had reached the major leagues and kind of fizzled out where they didn't necessarily reach the potential and all the hype that they had as top prospects. Mm -hmm. And well, you know what? Obviously he took a chance on both of them. And now McKinney won a job in spring training as the fifth outfielder. He beat out the likes of Derek Fisher, who was put on the IL, the likes of Tyrone Taylor, who also hit a home run last night. But because they acquired Jackie Bradley Jr., they already had Avisel Garcia. They already had Christian Yelich and, and Lorenzo Kane. There was really only one outfield spot available for those three guys. One goes down with injury, one makes it, and one guy's got an option for AAA. So that's how it kind of worked out. But yeah, Billy McKinney has done absolutely everything the Brewers have asked him to do, and then some. Yeah, he's been nice. He, he was a guy that made it out of spring training. He's come in and became a, a pinch hitter to start the season and was hitting at an extremely high clip and then now being thrust into left field every day because Christian Yelich, former MVP, you know, stud of the Milwaukee Brewers, is on the shelf with a back injury. Billy McKinney continues to hit, and he continues now to, I mean, hit for power last night. Hell yeah. And he's batting 310. 310, one home run, three RBIs, OPS 816. And that's not a guy that you would normally say that you're expecting anything close to that. What what the Brewers would be expecting from Billy McKinney was, again, to be that fifth outfielder, to be a guy to come up with some pinch hits and, and have some uh, good at bats. Mm-hmm. Not to all of a sudden be a guy that's continuing to hit playing left field every day. That wasn't that wasn't part of the gig that he signed up for, but he's doing it and he's doing it well. And then you, I mean, like LL Cool J man doing it and doing it well. You can go right yeah. down the line. You mentioned Urias, and that was a guy that how many Brewer fans were butt hurt when they <laughs> when they traded Orlando Arcia. And one of those butt hurt guys, Grant Bell, is going to come up at eight forty. Yes, indeed. I mean, seriously though, there was a huge population of Brewer fans that were upset they got rid of Orlando Arcia. Well, they got rid of him. They added a couple power arms that you'll see sometime this year. And Urias' very first game against the Minnesota Twins makes a diving play at shortstop. Yeah, the he's Superman made, catch. He's made a ton of good plays in the field outside of that one game on Saturday where he th- he threw three <laughs> straight uh, ground balls that were hit to him. What away. was he doing, Rowdy? But out, yeah, outside of those three ground balls, Rios has played well. And then what else have we heard about him at the beginning of the year? Oh, he's not hitting the baseball at all. 
Okay, exactly. Orlando is better on the plate. Exactly what Orlando Arcia struggled with his whole career was hitting the baseball. Well, now all of a sudden you trade Arcia. You see that he's starting to kind of come into his own. He was taking better uh, approaches at the plate. He was taking more pitches. He was working walks, and now he's starting to to hit a couple home runs here in the last couple or few games. And they've been big big home runs for the Brewers to either tie the game or take the lead. And he's probably had what off the top of my head three huge hits for the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh yeah, he's been real nice ever since Arcia got seared. And now, granted, he's he's only batting. 175, but he's got an on-base percentage of 365, which is insanely that high is insane. for batting 175. And yes, outside of that one game where he had three errors, he's played really good defense, exactly what the Brewers expected. Well, from last night, he's got the second highest on-base percentage outside of Omar Narvaez, who's got 426. Like, dude. Well, I mean, it, it kind of helps when Omar Narvaez is batting 350. <laughs> <laughs> to totally. To Luis Urias' 175. But, yeah, last night it was nice to see. Just think about this. The Padres were, uh, according to Vegas before the season started, the Padres had the second highest win total uh, behind what – or was it the third? Did it, it was Dodgers first, then it was, was it Dodgers, Yankees? Yankees, Then Padres. Padres. So the third highest. And the Brewers, who don't have Christian Yelich, who don't have Lorenzo Cain, who don't have Colton Wong, have names like McKinney, Urias, uh, you could throw in other guys, and they're beating well, you can the even Padres. Go Jace Peterson, yeah, I know Peterson. He really hasn't played well, but he's a guy that's filling in and has been playing quite a bit. So look at what the Brewers are doing as their bullpen struggles. They have three big dogs on the IL, and they're still winning games. They're nine and seven, and it was not only just a game; it was a West Coast game against one of the best teams in the majors against a guy who already threw a new uh, no hitter this year in Joe Musgrove. The Brewers. The, I have a good feeling about the Brewers. I'm trying not to get my hopes up and too excited early on on this day that is 420, Rowdy. I'm not trying to get too high, but <laughs> but don't you feel like once these sticks come back and Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, Colton Wong, that there's just room for them to grow and get even better? 100%. And it's a great feeling. When you look at the Brewers bullpen where you had some other injuries – all those guys, you know, fingers crossed, should be relatively healthy by June, yes. according to their injuries and their timelines. You would think that, well, Christian Yelich would be coming back here in the next couple of weeks. You would think that Colton Wong, from a lot of reports, should be coming back extremely soon. He's looking really good, I And guess. I really haven't heard a ton about Lorenzo Kane, but it's nice that you have a lot of depth in the outfield where you have a guy that's a gold glove winner in Jackie Bradley. You have Avisel Garcia, who's been hasn't necessarily swung the bat really, really well, but has been clutch in big situations. Totally. And you have guys like Billy McKinney and Tyrone Taylor that when they're getting their shots, producing, they're coming up big time. Yeah, how about the home runs last night, man? You had uh, Urias with a three hundred and seventy-two foot bomb. McKinney goes three seventy-seven. He's like, I'll do you, I'll do you a couple of feet better there, Urias. And then Tyrone Taylor's like, Hang on a second, boys, check this out. He smoked that 440 pitch. feet for Tyrone Taylor. Holy shit. That was Nikes. A, that was a, when he right when he hit it, that was a no doubter, and you knew that was gone. He, it's a, he that smoked sound, that one. That sound of the bat, right, Rowdy? Just gone. 440 footer for Tyrone Taylor. Wow. Had to move this guy around a little bit today. Someone was tired and sweepy. Our guy Grant Bills of the West Coast Sports Show. What's up, Grant? 
Are you awake? Wakey, wakey. Eggs and bakey. Good morning. Uh, happy 420. Evo, it's great to hear your voice. Was that a high-maintenance request, by the way? I'm tired. Like, the the Brewers play West Coast baseball. I'm tired. That's not what I said. Don't put words <laughs> in my mouth. I said, I said, hey, 740 would be great. It's going to be a late night. And then you offered to do this at 840. So I'm like, hey, that sounds great. I, I'm not trying to be high-maintenance. Well, know, Grant, if we want to get now. specific here, I did say 820, and you said 840 would work better. Well, I said, well, you I said get, 840 I get, or 840. That is correct. Know. That is correct. And then you said so I could sweep in. Well, I like to keep it, you know, hour on the hour. <laughs> I normally sleep until 7. I talk to you 40 minutes later. Let's just make it a clean hour later. How was the extra hour of sleep, Grant Bills? Did you, were you dreaming dirty? What were you dreaming about? Were you dreaming about big stinky buds of marijuana? I was up at like 7.20. I can't sleep late even when I try. So it yeah, didn't right. really you, were up at four, you got up at 4.20, I bet, and blazed on, didn't you? Well, I was a, I was awake until 4:20 last night. I saw some people um, on their snap stories right before I went to bed because the Brewer game went so long. You know, partaking in activities. Well, um, I mean, they were the celebrating holiday. Brandon Woodruff, obviously. I mean, the, yeah. that that blazer on the mound—that's yes. what they were doing. Yeah. All right, Grant. Real quick, uh, before we dive into some Milwaukee Bucks chatter, real quick though, how about that Luis Urias home run to get things going? What do you think, baby? <sighs> He's, he's becoming my guy. I'm becoming a fan. <laughs> I was skeptical because he replaced my boy Arcia, but I, you can just see it, right? Like, he kind of pops off the screen. You can see he's got something to him. Uh, and I don't know if we ever saw that with Arcia. So I'm, I'm all about Luis Prius. It blows my mind that the Brewers are winning, um, and they beat the Padres last night. And the, who are their best hitters right now? Daniel Robertson, right? Like, Jake Peterson had a hit last night. Like, all the good bats are injured right now, and this team's finding a way, even without testing Hira. You can't do a darn thing at the plate, so that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Grant, I just want to applaud you for a real quick three week turnaround on uh, Reese. <laughs> People are allowed to change I, uh, their opinions, you know. Yeah, I well, somebody texted into my show last night and said you're coming around on Luis Urias very very quickly. What I see you're forgetting about Arcia very fast, and I said, look, I know how to let a good bit die. The Arcia thing, yeah, is but dead. I don't, right? Well, yeah, that's typically what I've said. That's not related to this, but you typically hold on to bits longer than longer than one should. But yeah, he, I mean, he's good. He's fun to watch. I could I could be crabby about it, or I could buy in and enjoy it. So I'm going to do well, that. Well, welcome in, Granville. One holds on to bits a little too long. One falls in love a little too early. <laughs> wow! Wow! Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show joining us right now, my boy Bills. All right, Grant. Well done, Rowdy. All right, Grant. This is ridiculous. So let me on this special day that is four twenty. Um, I don't, you know, April twentieth, four twenty. I, I think I get the significance. Uh, we were talking about blazers, right? Not the ones you yeah. wear. The uh, you know the guys that are on the mound pitching uh, smoke <coughs> yeah. out of their arm, throwing throwing that gas. In honor of 420, and I would say if you were to look at the Brewers roster, the guy who looks most like a stoner uh, would be Corbin Burns because of the long hair. In honor of yeah. Corbin Burns, who looks like a stoner, on 420, do we think that Corbin Burns will throw a no-no tonight? Oh, that would be sick. Oh, it would be the, the perfect o- nod and homage to 420. The only the only drawback to throwing a no-hitter tonight would be, I bet a lot of Brewers fans would miss it, and then they would wake up tomorrow morning and, and see the news and saw what they missed. I agree with you. Corbin Burns does kind of have that stoner look with the long hair. I would say it's Brett Anderson. Brett Anderson doesn't look picture. like a stoner. He just always looks like he's stoned. 
Like, or he's just <laughs> left the bar. Like, that's the kind of... And I love Brett Anderson, but he just cracks me up. Like, I swear, like, that man is a professional athlete, and he's pretty darn good. And he looks like a dude that you'd bump into smoking a cigarette oh. outside the corner bar. And Nelson which, just... Uh, hey, by the way, Nelson just did uh, message me something. He says, Corbin Burns is from California. He is from Bakersfield, California. So, hey, yeah. smoke him if you got him, Grant Bills. Yeah. All right, so someone that uh, was not throwing smoke last night... A little controversial end with the Milwaukee Bucks, my man Grant. And I know you're a big-time regular season NBA guy, so I think you watch both Brewers and Bucks. What the oh, hell yeah. happened last night? Was it Devin Booker with the foul, put him on the free-throw line, had the Suns eke by it, and Giannis cramps up? Not much of him in overtime. What the hell happened with the Bucks? Such a stupid play. Well, I would have been cool with the Bucks losing. The Suns are really, really good. Like, And the Suns have been one of the better teams in the league for the last three or four weeks. Nobody's really talked about them. But they're playing fantastic ball. It's not that they lost to the Suns. It's that I had to sit through, what, three hours of back and forth. And I don't have Valley Sports Wisconsin because I can't afford cable at the moment. So I'm watching on a, <laughs> an internet stream that's not that reliable. So it's stopping. Where'd you get, going. Hey, where do you get your – I'm not saying you do stream it, even though you just outed yourself. We'll say we're, we're pretending right now. Where do you get yeah. your streams from? Well, the thing is, I've had a site that I've used for like a year with no problems, and then last night it was giving me issues, and they're not carrying baseball streams anymore. Oh, Jesus. So I was SOL after the Bucks too. I, I I don't call them illegal streams on my show, Evo. I call them, it's a creative way to watch. Okay. Right? We're not saying that we do it. We're just saying this is hypotheticals. Oh, yeah, of course. All, all is hypotheticals. Well, yeah, I sucked through that for three hours just to see the game end on a stupid free throw. I, it's normally a pretty good sign that, like, Something bad happened when Bucks fans and Suns fans and NBA fans in the national media all kind of agreed that that was stupid, right? And I think that was what I saw on Twitter last night. Everyone was mad about that, which is a good sign that I'm just not overreacting as a fan. That was stupid. That was an amazing game. The players trading really, really tough shots for an hour down the stretch. And then you go and you make that call, and it's just dumb. So, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show, when we talked to you last week, uh, we were talking about this little four-game homestand. It was, you know, you had the Grizz, then you had the Suns, and then you got a back-to-back with the Philadelphia 76ers. Right now in this homestand, yeah. the Bucks are 0-2. Should we be getting worried as the back-to-back of the 76ers nears on Thursday and Saturday? Well, first of all, Evo, you know that I love revisiting a prior conversation, um, so I love that you're doing that. I'm not, I'm not beating this well. to death, am I? No, 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 no. This is see, don't oh god. I just no, make no, no, I just no. gotta clear the air of all the smoke on four twenty. It's hazy uh, in here. You just you just you just play dumb all the time. You know exactly just, what I'm talking about. I, you, no, no. I, I love you, Evo. Love you yeah, too. But, but this is this is yes, this is the the thing we're talking about. I love that we're building on a previous conversation here. It's one of my favorite things to do. I don't know. The Grizzlies game I was watching the Brewers. I don't even like okay. Lose to the Grizzlies, fine. Okay. Last night was frustrating. Yeah, that's a coin flip of a game. The Sixers games were the real test because it's been since blah, 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 March since they played the Sixers, and they didn't even have Gian- I don't uh, Giannis played, but Embiid didn't. So these two games this week are going to be a real good litmus test or, or a good example of what this matchup might look like if it happens in the playoffs, which is looking increasingly likely with how the seeding is, is going down. So these two games are the ones to watch. Not that I don't care about the loss of the Grizzlies, although I really don't. Last night was frustrating, but the Bucks showed a lot of good things, so I'm not going to be mad. But Sixers, you gotta gotta look good against the Sixers this week. Yeah, you have to. Uh, Grant, let me ask you: as we, um, you know, we're, I mean, the end of the season is coming sooner rather than later, and you have, yeah. you know, um, looking here at the standings, the 76ers are number one. Then you got the Nets, 
two, and then the Bucks are what, four games out of first place. Do you think the Bucks can work their way up to the, the two spot or the one spot? Or right now are the Nets and the 76ers, like they say, talent wins out in the NBA. Can they the, do say that. Can the Bucks' talent win out over the likes of the Nets and the 76ers, in your humble opinion? To get to the number one seed? Yes. I'm just curious. I, I don't think it yeah. really matters at the end of the day because regular season, but I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, I think they could. I don't think the Bucks or the Sixers or the Nets really think it matters all that much. Like, coaches and players have said in the last two weeks, like, look, we're just trying to stay healthy. Like, wherever we end up in the seeding, we'll deal with it. We, we just want to stay healthy. So I think the Bucks could get the one or the two seed. I don't think they're trying to, right? Like last week they rested all five starters in a really winnable game against the Hornets. You don't do that if you're actively trying to advance in the seeding, right? Mm -hmm. So I I think they could. I don't think they will because I don't think they really care enough to. Well, Grant, we have two comments here on Twitch.tv. My name Ebo says. I highly recommend you get Twitch and follow me. Uh, to you know, so I can show you what a real radio show sounds like. Uh, but I says, have I have played video games on Twitch. Oh, with, with you. me? Yes, you're correct. Oh, how? Yeah. Excuse me, then. I apologize for that, Grant. Uh, but Cinderella Man <laughs> says sports urge is the ticket here for you, Grant Pills. If you hypothetically were to stream games, if you don't use sports urge, that's, that's helpful. And also, our guy Noda says Grant is also not mad about the Brewers losing to the Pirates. His words. No. I'm upset. It was a fun weekend series. Grant, are you? Do you like losing? Yeah. Yes. I'm a. I'm a millennial. See, I was. Well, I'm also technically one. Part- yeah, I was raised getting a participation trophy for every lane soccer tournament I ever played in. No cross so country. I'm just happy that my Brewers are. Oh yeah, cross country. I see you in those short shorts. My Brewers are. Uh, yeah, in the short shorts. By the way, Evo. I bumped into a lady, a mutual friend the other day, Uh-oh. who, by the way, she runs cross-country at UW. We had quite the conversation. It was nice to be appreciated by one of my own kind instead of ridiculed by somebody who just doesn't understand how great cross-country is. There, I'll just leave you with that. Grant, to quote the great Kenny Powers, I play real sports, not trying to be the best at exercising. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are people that appreciate a good cross-country conversation. I, there are dozens of us. And I found another one. That yeah, and those dozen don't nice. listen to this show, Grant Bills. No, not at all. I'm just messing. With, I'm just messing with you. I played soccer, so what's that say about me? All right, yeah. so, <laughs> Grant, before I let you go, man, um, the NFL draft nine days away. Packers go sexy or unsexy with their first pick in the first round? Uh, think of the most unsexy pick they can make, and then like make it more unsexy. So like a guy that runs cross country. Yeah, a guy who a guy who ran cross country for three years in college, <laughs> but then played football his final year because that's kind of a Ted Thompson, Brian Gudikins thing to do. I think they are going to like. I, there's so many picks that would not disappoint me. I'd love a corner. I'd love a lineman. I'd love a D lineman. I'd love a receiver. And yet they're going to take the one player I can't get excited. Hey about. Grant, nothing but it. love here, my friend. You know, I just like jabbing you a little bit. Nothing but love here on my end, homie. Evo, that's why I come on. I like the the back and forth, the tit for tat. Who doesn't love a little tit and tat? You know what I'm saying? All right, Grant Bills. Let's see on 420. That's why I got Sublime. Smoke two joints playing for you right here. You miss Sublime guy? Oh. One, yeah, of course, yeah. Grant, of course. we'll check you out tonight, 4 to 6. Try not to have the munchies too bad uh, when you're bl- doing your blazing sports takes, all right, on the Wisco Sports Show. Uh, yeah. Happy 420, Evo. Thank you for, <laughs> oh, happy thank dog, you for waiting happy until 840 this morning. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, go get your nap. Yeah, I know you're tired. See you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Grant Bills, Wisco Sports Show. Love that guy. Good stuff right there. <laughs>